0: Hello, hi, hi, hi. and welcome to Actually Best Choice Movies, the world's only movie podcast. I'm one of the two hosts. Uh, my name is Chris Chafin.
1: I'm the other of the, how many hosts do we have? 44 Ooh, hosts. Wait, hold
0: on, Caleb. I'm going to need to do a check in the room. Uh, you like said my I'm, name, so I don't have to, Caleb. I'm one person. Uh, is there another? Is there? A, so you're here. You're toast number two. Are there 42 other people in this room? Uh... I'm checking, I'm checking. Wait, Please don't interrupt me, I'm checking, okay? Interrupt a checked. Interrupt your checked. I'm really not seeing anyone else. Uh, I think it's just the two of us. You did put down a
1: blanket on our uh, surface. No more creaky board for uh, for us boys.
0: (laughs) Are you saying there might be 42 people hiding underneath this blanket? Is that what you're trying to imply? That's the only place you didn't check, actually. (laughs) Fuck. Well, we'll just, we'll try to, we'll just assume it's just the two of us. So actually, Best Choice Movies, it's the world's only movie podcast. Every week we talk about two movies. One of them is new. One of them is old. They're connected in some kind of twisty, turny way or a very straightforward way. Um, Last time they had the same word in the title. So like that was pretty easy. Sure. Um, This time we're going to be talking about two uh, murder mysteries. Two, like I would say. Whodunits. Two star-studded whodunits. Yeah. It's uh, Knives Out from this year, directed by Ryan Johnson and then the Sydney Lumet version of Murder on, Murder on the Orient Express from 1970, Four. 1974. Uh, that's all. This week on Actually, Best Choice. Four. Four. Movies. <laughs> Normally in the show, this is where I tell you before we get to any of that, we're going to talk about whatever else we watched this week. But, but this week, we're mixing things up very slightly and we want to give you a viewers guide to disney plus uh
1: viewers who are cool and don't care about that all that bullshit cuz there is a lot of bullshit on disney plus
0: yeah right you yeah, watch captain america you fucking plebs there's lots of cool, weird stuff hiding on Disney+, Plus, and we wanted to give you sort of a quick tour as we get to the end of the year through it. I got it pretty recently after, or pretty soon after it came out. Caleb, you got it even quicker than me.
1: Uh, I, get, I, get, I think I did, because my yeah, sister got it sort of the a, first day, and pathological no, I just got a password from her.
0: Yeah, that's look, you can't admit that kind of thing on the air. We're going to get the fucking... Disney's lawyers are going to be in here. They're going to be waiting for you at your uh, apartment when you get home. We
1: currently have five avatars going on ours. One's for a baby who... Why did they get let him have it? I don't. Know. I it's don't weird. think
0: Avatar is a Disney property. Actually. No, 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 a- oh, no. It, a- it is. It is, it it is yeah. on there.
1: But I was saying like Avatars profiles. I guess is the like how you could make create a profile. I mean, I I understand. So we're up that. to five. I was just having a little fun. Oh. You know. <laughs> so, uh, what did I you choose for your uh, profile icon? I didn't know stuff?
0: that was a thing you could do. And frankly, you I don't care. You
1: can't. You you. What's your profile icon? There I now? don't have one. What, whoa! Do you? And Catherine just share a profile.
0: I mean, I suppose so. I don't know. We just signed up for Disney Plus and we watched shit on Disney Plus. Oh I don't wow! Know. I haven't I haven't made my like me emoji yet. No, I haven't Damn. done that.
1: I chose Randall from Monsters, Inc., the Steve Buscemi character.
0: I had, I literally had no idea this was a thing you could possibly do on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, man. You could make... Uh,
1: I don't know. They probably updated it. You could probably pick Baba Yoda. Baba, Baba Yoda. <sighs> Baba Yoda? If Yoda, we're going to yeah. talk about Disney+, Plus, let's talk about the reason it exists now is for Baby Yoda well, memes. So, yeah.
0: We haven't talked a lot about this beforehand. How would you like to structure this? We both have ideas about things we'd like to recommend. Would you like to... St- start and recommend a few things um a few like crate digger options for uh, the people who might be exploring disney plus
1: uh sure i will well i guess i'll give you one and then you could go uh and i was uh scrolling through just like trying to find something like worthwhile it's just a bunch of like kid stuff which is fine and there's really nothing more than pg i think there's no pg i mean the marvel movies are probably are you saying none of the
0: hardcore pornography disney makes is on disney plus
1: no i couldn't find it uh, but I did I was actually <laughs> The Black Cauldron I
0: mean we are all familiar with the cartoon version but there's another version of Black Cauldron interesting you say that
1: because I did watch uh, I was surprised this was on there the documentary Waking Sleeping Beauty at the Walt Disney Studios from 1984 to
0: 1994 a perfect storm of people and circumstances changed the face of animation forever but it almost never happened
1: uh, I always heard it was very open and uh, full of candor about the studio at its time, and it really is. It's about Disney animation from 1984 to 1994 to experience this renaissance, uh, but it does set up uh, a good version of uh, what it was before 1984, which was Black Cauldron. Uh, like and,
0: famously, the low point of Disney animation. Yeah, it, I don't think it's that bad of a movie. No, um, it just...
1: It really was... Uh, the head of the studio wasn't like, okay, I'm just letting my animators do this because I love my animation branch so much. Uh, and then, yeah. yeah uh, like
0: Famously, uh, I when I was in college, I read Burton on Burton, those director series books. And uh, that was like Tim Burton's first job oh, at yeah. CalArts was he worked... May the reference. way he put it was like, they hired me to design characters and they didn't use any of them. So mm. I just sat at this desk and drew things all day and then they threw them in the garbage. It and really, that was my job for like a yeah, year. He was
1: like in his early 20s. There's like a couple other early other early 20s people who were pushing to make Black Cauldron while the original animators who were gods there who were uh, in their mid 60s about to be retired so it really was just like a very push and pull and then like the whole studio had it. this movie is really about uh michael eisner taking over with uh, jeffrey katzenberg and they kind of portrayed jeffrey katzenberg as a dick uh, it's very interesting and i was uh very surprised they had it on disney plus uh it does like pat itself on the back for how great disney is but i don't know uh it shouts out Pixar very nicely. Like, they bought Pixar just to uh, do the Rescuers Down Under for... Uh, it was the first digital movie ever. It was like... Because uh, there's that everything sequence was hand... where they're, like, flying on the... Yeah, everything seagull, was right? hand-drawn. Like, everything before was hand-drawn. But this was like... They could use... Stack it on. They just... And that's like, also like,
0: hand-drawn, but there's just, like, a couple sequences that well, are done yeah, digitally.
1: Yeah, they just... Well, it's all hand-drawn. They could just layer it. Right over each other uh, and it is pretty amazing Waking Sleeping Beauty it's a there's a couple of what, good documentaries what year it, was on was it from like 1994 or it, no it was from 2007-ish I think. oh believe. interesting yeah. okay um, but the footage from it is like from all throughout like contemporaneous uh, for the yeah and uh, I was reading about it because uh, I didn't realize it at the time but it was the handheld uh, home footage was just going around the Disney studios which is pretty cool uh, was John Lasseter doing it oh my god really
0: <laughs> hi Tim this is Tim Burton and who are you I'm John Lasseter he's the cameraman and the- John Lasseter RIP he's been canceled right is that yeah, not he's true can- yeah. Canceled. yeah sorry John um, so speaking of like classic quote-unquote Disney stuff um, one thing that I you know so I, I have a kind of a you know special relationship to Disney <laughs> Because I grew up in Orlando in the mid-1980s. I moved away from Orlando in like 1990, maybe. And so I basically, the whole first six years of my life, uh, six, seven, eight years of my life, I was like watching the Disney Channel constantly, going to uh, Disney World constantly. I My grandparents, when they would come to town, used to just take me to Disney World to go to the gift shops so you didn't have to pay admission to go to. And well, then just like buy me gifts, you know. That's cool. I it was didn't just, know just like was a thing. store you could go to, but it was like technically part of Disney World. You know, come to our parking lot. Ooh, that's probably a really good parking lot. Oh, it's a fantastic parking lot. And so yeah, I'm like delirious with Disney garbage. Uh, and because I grew, I always say growing up in the '80s, it's this unique thing where you got to see all media ever made because there were more channels than there was content like people didn't know it was cheaper to make new content than to use old content so I've seen everything from all time so the disney channel used to just air like you know cartoons from the 30s and 40s yeah. constantly you know
1: it used to be when i was a kid they would just give you a free trial of disney channel a week Mm-hmm. That would be, like, the best week ever. I would just watch Disney Channel all week. My parents would not pay for it <laughs> uh, until it became part of basic cable around, like, two thousand. Yeah, because it used to be you had to pay two, separately yeah. for it.
0: I, I, yeah, and I, I we always paid for it, I guess. I watched a lot of it. So I have a lot of familiarity with, like, very old Disney cartoons. So the one thing I'd like to recommend at the start is um, a really fantastic movie from 1944. It's called The Three Caballeros. It stars Donald Duck, and it's basically an exploration of the cultures of you know, Mexico and South America, like Latin America. Um, You might think, uh, you know, a 1940s thing about uh, a non-Anglo culture would be like extremely cringeworthy and, you know, not something that would survive till now. But it is, you know... If you accept that it's this kind of storybook uh, look at a kind of stylized and idealized Latin America, mm-hmm. and especially one from the 1940s, which obviously it is. And I mean, literally, it's like they're opening a storybook and like animations come out of it. It's fantastic. And especially I want to recommend this segment on Brazil because it's basically they go to several different countries. The segment on Brazil is like fucking insane. It's got, it mixes live action with animation. It's got these kind of amazing psychedelic visuals. It's got all kinds of uh, really famous performers from the period, including Aurora Miranda, who's the sister of Carmen Miranda. And it's just basically like Donald Duck and these other characters, because it also starts Donald Duck. Um, Jose Carioca, who's a cigar smoking parrot, (laughs) um, who was in a, they made a, had made a a similar movie before this called Saludos Amigos. And then there's later on, they're joined by Pancho Pista, who represents Mexico. Um, I'm reading this off Wikipedia, obviously. What is he? What he, is Pancho? Oh, he is a pistol-packing rooster. Oh, dang. I know, it's kind of a little bit cringy. But, like, the, the Brazil segment, it is, it's hard to describe, but it has this kind of these hand done effects where you're seeing like wavy purple lines and like a bunch of people, real people's faces arrayed throughout the thing, throughout the screen singing these beautiful you know, songs and there's uh, you know, people dancing in silhouette and then the silhouettes kind of become cartoons and then they go back to be being real people, you know, like the real performers like hitting Donald duck and then Donald duck, you know, trying to kiss the performers. And it's, 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 I do remember really enrapturing and I think it's really worth watching. Uh, being a little horny he is yeah he's horny they're all horny for uh, I think it's uh, Carmen Miranda's sister Sister? yeah they're all like super horny for her but in their defense she is hot as shit so like (laughs) I don't blame them
1: yeah there's uh I don't know I was scrolling through movies and just being like okay I don't want to watch any of this uh but uh, stuff the uh, first things I watched were the old Disney cartoons, which were released theatrically, yeah. which were uh, Oscar. And they nominated. do
0: like f- highlight them and within Disney Plus, yeah. which I think is great. Yeah, they
1: do. Um, and they recommend more if you like one. And, and I would re- say a good rule of thumb is the older ones, are, the g- you go, are yeah, the better. Before uh, where Mickey was more beady eyed, solid mm-hmm. eye color than he had uh, a pupil, those uh, were the ones that were better. Where he hangs out with a. Uh, donald and goofy more
0: yeah there's a really good one that they recommended to me which i forget the name of it i think it might be like surf holiday it's from like the 40s and it's about goofy trying to learn how to surf and my first reaction is like people knew what surfing was in the 1940s oh it was a concept
1: introducing them yeah there's a lot of just uh Goofy in a narrator ones. Oh, well, I love those. Yeah, those are really good. Yeah. Uh, I watched the one on fishing. Have,
0: do they still have the ones where, because Goofy, they used to have ones where it was like Goofy in a world of goof people. Oh,
1: yeah. They, they're Those ones are on there.
0: I love those ones where he's like a harried new dad mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's like I learned how to be an adult from Goofy in the world of Goof people. Oh, know. dank Goof people!
1: I would say my favorite thing on there though, and I was so surprised that it's my favorite thing is the uh, Forky shorts they have. This is Forky.
0: I'm trash. Oh, I, you know I have they're, seen they're those. So, I haven't watched they're them. They're so funny. Are they really? Uh,
1: like it's just Forky, who's the character? It's from— Jim Rash, right? Is is it Jim it's, Rash? It's Florida? still Tony Tony Hill.
0: Tony Hale. All oh, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm thinking the of something Tony else. Great Tony Hill,
1: who was a nominated for an Annie Award for uh, Forky. Voicing Forky from Toy Story 4. Uh, Anyway, uh, it's like three-minute shorts. Uh, They're wonderfully animated because, you know, it's Pixar. They go all out. Uh, The first one's with John Ratzenberger's uh, Ham. The last one I just watched. uh, In Toy Story 4, they did this great thing where they hired the best people, and those people are Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, and Carol Burnett. And so the last episode was Forky talking to them about love. It's just solid. It's just Mel Brooks getting to uh, riff oh, that's on really crazy ass shit. Betty White pops up in it. Uh, but there's always this like lines where it's like Forky learning about the premise of these shorts is what Forky learning about what money is, about what love is. And so like... The I intro, mean, that's like very classic yeah. Disney,
0: right? This is like these goofy things we're talking about. It's yeah. very similar.
1: But they like intro it with like a little montage of Forky just like saying a string of questions. And my favorite one so far is, how big is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a very ridiculous. It's Pixar. They know what they're doing. It's great, and all, all, also all the all the Pixar shorts are on there. If you've re- I've only ever seen like Pixar shorts once in the movies, mm-hmm. and then like g- revisiting those have been really good.
0: Yeah, um, I would. I do. I am. Not, I am only kind of medium on Pixar shorts in general. I like them fine. You know, everybody's always like, "Oh my god, I cried so much at Bow," and I'm like, <laughs> "I don't know what's making like you cry that. about this movie about a woman who eats her son." Like that's like not. It's not making me tear up at all. You're not Asian. I guess I I am (laughs) a parent though, and it didn't work. It didn't work on me. Um, If I had to recommend two other things quickly, um, one of them would be um, a show that I thought I had imagined, but I was very happy to see on there. That's uh, Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears, bouncing here and there and
1: everywhere.
0: Gummy Bears. Yes, bouncing here and there and everywhere. High Adventure that's beyond compare, et cetera, et cetera um it's an extremely interesting show uh i have been doing some research <laughs> like it's kind of a smurfs ripoff it kind of takes sure. place mm-hmm. in this gen this generic medieval universe where the gummy bears live in a forest there's like people that live in a castle and the gummy bears are trying to keep themselves secret but then there's also like a bad guy who wants the gummy bears for some reason what's the bad guy's name what's his uh, his the, what, name what's is this guy's deal his name is duke something or other i don't remember what it is for sure, sure um but the so supposedly it like helped jumpstart uh the concept mm-hmm. of saturday morning television in the united states it was disney's first original animated program for television uh, and they you can obviously tell they are, especially the first episode they put a lot of work into like the animation and some lore um, the you know some of the other early episodes are pretty bad but it's like um it came out in 1985 obviously some other big animated series had come out before then like he-man and uh ThunderCats had started earlier that mm-hmm. year but i guess it was like th- because of the success of Gummy Bears they felt able to do other shows and it kind of led to them continuing to invest in doing original animated oh, series sure. and uh, you know a lot of these early uh cartoons like this for some for whatever reason they were ended up being a lot more popular in England than in America so i guess Gummy Bears was extremely popular in England um and but i remember it very fondly i used to watch it all the time uh, the One of the big things is they have what they call gummy berry juice, which is like they drink this little juice and it, it makes gummy bears able to bounce very high and it makes humans super strong, but it only lasts a short amount of time. And so there's like a lot of plots revolve around like drinking making juice. gummy berry juice, drinking juice. It's kind of like becoming the like Megazord in uh, Power Rangers. But for like, juice. Well, it's like you have a bunch of problems and then Sweet someone's like, juice. oh, we can drink gummy berry juice and solve all our problems. Um, although they do discourage you from solving all your problems with strength, which I think is good. The other only weird thing I want to say about it is it is actually unrelated to any candies called gummy bears. And they, as far as I can tell, never made a gummy bears TV show themed candy. And it's like, it's it. Uh, the only reference you can find online to the, how they came up with the concept for the show is a dead link to a Walden Books for Kids article, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Where they talk about basically the story is supposed to be Michael Eisner's son loved gummy bears, and he was basically like, I don't know, can we turn that into a show? (laughs) You know? And so they spelled it G U M M I, which isn't how the most popular brands of gummy bears spell gummy. And so they just kind of stole the idea of Gummy Bears and made it into a show. How many episodes are there? There's actually a lot. Yeah, I was um, going to say,
1: did it reach syndication numbers in the 100? Hun- no,
0: it didn't. I think it was aired for maybe like three seasons. I mean, I'm going back to Wikipedia Probably around right like 50
1: or 60 episodes, though. Probably. That's um, And you watched them all already, I assume? No, I've been watching them. I have been
0: watching them like a few. Are a you going to get
1: a Gummy Bears tattoo? I remember the daughter bear had a short haircut. Is that yes, right? Yes, that like, is true. She was blonde, but had like an 80s uh, do. Uh, yes, that shorts. would be Sunny Gummy. Yes, Sunny Gummy. S-U-N-N-I, Sunny Gummy. Oh, yeah. Their last name is Gummy. They're all, yeah, you got Tummy Gummy. What if Gummy. they made... Tummy Gummy, the...
0: who is the guy that is did the voice of Peter Vinkman Jim... and also Garfield yeah. on all the cartoon oh, shows. Oh, uh, Lorenzo Music. Exactly, yes, Lorenzo Music, yeah. Uh,
1: rest in peace. Carlton the Doorman. So there's Rota.
0: six seasons, and each one... They have a wildly different number of episodes. They vary from eight episodes to... 19 episodes per Six season. Seasons. Check it out, dog. And also I would say the new DuckTales is fantastic. The Man, new DuckTales solid. has like an amazing cast. That's what I was thinking. Of. Oh, yeah. Actually Jim Rash is on it. Uh and also of course Beck uh Bennett Ben Schwartz, Beck Bennett, uh David Tennant. David Tennant. Uh, Danny Pudi. Thank you, good. Thank
1: you for hiring Danny Pudi.
0: Yeah, what's his name? Now I can't th- uh Bobby Moynihan. Bobby Moynihan, yeah. And uh Paul F. Tompkins guest Kate, voice on an episode. It's like a really, and it's pretty smartly done. I mean, it's a kid's show, yeah. obviously, but like out of all the kids shows, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Especially if you're someone who watched DuckTales as a kid, mm-hmm. it's fun to check in. With. Um,
1: and it's still airing on there. So there's adding more episodes of it. Um, if you're going to let me, give me one more, yeah. I would tell tell you to watch my favorite kid show of the past couple of years, uh, Gravity Falls. I stand Gravity Falls. Talk about a fucking cast there. Holy shit! They give Neil Hamburger a Disney gets a Disney paycheck for this. I mean, that's Will wild. Forte comes in, plays a ridiculous character named Tyler Cute Biker, <laughs> just says Yeet it, yeet it." That's all he does the entire time. Uh, amongst other people, uh, Chelsea Peretti, it guess, guest stars Louis C.K. rest in peace had a little thing. They they had actually edited his voice out because did of they really? His thing. Yeah, oh of course my God, they did. That's so funny. Uh, um, uh, Justin Roiland, who Rick and Morty, so he's really good friends with uh, this creator uh, of, uh, I forget his last name right now, his first name's Alex. Um, but yeah, they went to film uh, animation school together, and so like they make oh, references wow. to each other and Rick and Morty and Gravity Falls. No, that's cool. uh, I would describe it as uh, Twin Peaks for kids, but it's more X Files. <laughs>
0: I mean, you said that I, I would say it's Shaw, It's more Jason like Erie, Reddy. Indiana. It's not. It is not the level of Twin Peaks. I would say it's it gets like, super fucking like weird. Like you Indiana. Watch the whole thing.
1: There's like a whole dimension stuff where they get. Uh, it's fucking weird, man. The whole uh, last three episodes of it are the weird. Mageddon. It, it gets so fucking weird.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll take your word for it. I. I personally, I would favorite like monster it. I don't love it too. as much as I might. You know. Yeah, I love that show. <laughs> and also, it's got like all kinds of weird shit, like the Disney. Live action movies. The one I always talk about is Blackbeard's Ghost, which I watched a a film of in my local library in Florida in like 1991. Uh, It that's on there. Check it out. You know (laughs) that darn cat, the Cat from Outer Space. Uh, Like all this shit
1: is on there. Not only the Shaggy Dog, but a sequel I didn't know it exists. Shaggy Detective, the Shaggy DA.
0: Shaggy DA. All right. Yeah. 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 District Attorney. I've seen that movie. Yeah. I've seen that. I used to watch all this shit. That's crazy. All these dumbass movies. You know, obviously Flubber is on mm, there. There's there. some
1: Don Knot stuff on there too. Apple oh yeah, Dumpling the Gang. Apple Dumpling Gang. Yeah, I used yeah. to be big into I'm that big, when I was a kid. It's always yeah. worth it to watch Don Knotts. I'm a big fan of Bedknobs and Broomsticks too. Oh yeah,
0: ditto. Ditto, love it. Um. Anyway, Disney Plus is like, there's, it's deep as hell. You know, yeah. it's one of those things where- and They're
1: adding Fox titles
0: to it now. Oh, and of course it's got every episode of The Simpsons, but in the wrong aspect ratio. <laughs> um, But like, it's definitely worth exploring. You know, there's a lot in there yeah. that you're not going to get from the front page. Yeah. Um, which um, is great.
1: And if you're just a nostalgic asshole, go for it.
0: Anyway, that's enough of that bullshit, huh? So this week we're talking about two murder mysteries, and the very first of those two is Knives Out.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to request that you all stay until the investigation is completed. What? Can we ask why? Has something changed? No. No, it hasn't changed, or no, we can't ask?
0: Knives Out is the new film from Ryan Johnson. It's a star-studded mystery romp starring everyone from Daniel Craig, Michael Shannon, Christopher Plummer, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Don Johnson, who is suddenly in everything. I don't know why. Um, It's a twisty, turny, and also sometimes surprisingly straightforward, like, a bit of fun, basically. It's an excuse for everyone involved to put on a ridiculous outfit, go big, and just, like, you know, make an entertainment for all of us. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine today who is a, you know, very successful journalist, not to brag. And she told me, oh, I loved it. And she said, I was smiling the whole time. Like, that's basically the reaction this movie wants you to have. Uh, I don't know that I really had it as much as I was hoping to. Uh, so it's hard to say much more about it without spoiling it because it's there's twists and turns from the very, very beginning. And we're gonna do our best not to spoil it. Um, Caleb, what did you think about this movie? Ooh, it's some big acting, uh, but it's met by this really big production design. Um, yeah, I mean, the production design is the absolutely star. Absolutely insane, yeah. Um, but then it's, the, the production design has a problem that I think the whole movie suffers from, which is, like, why? Why? Like, why is there a, a version of the Iron Throne that has knives? Uh, why? He's, why, is, why? Why?
1: Because he's a successful... Um, uh, Knife salesman? Harlan, no, Harlan Thrombey is a successful... Successful. What's the word I'm looking for? Author, yeah, like he's a author, like a mystery yeah. author. Yeah.
0: So this is what I didn't say. It's basically about the death of this guy, Harlan Thrombey. He's a very successful mystery author. And so the question th- is, who? His whole family has been gathered in this house for one night, and he turns up dead. And, you know, who killed him and why? That's what we're investigating.
1: Uh, but to their question of why that ni- throne of knives is it? It's more just like he has a whole bunch of weird props. Uh, like throughout this whole house, uh, which is an amazing mansion uh, that they found. What great year for mansions in film. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, between this and the thing, other thing, uh, you know, Ready or Not that we did, uh, and pa- fuck, Ready or Not, Parasite is. What I was thinking okay, of. Okay, this movie is very similar to Ready or Not. Uh, like, if you that don't is think ins- that, so insulting. Uh, that is not insulting. It's exact. It's a movie about a bunch of rich people doing murder in a mansion, um, where it's everything is contained in there one was mansion. One
1: murder in this movie. Uh, no, that's not true. Um, but that. I don't know. There's so much fun trickery in Knives Out where Ready or Not was just some bullshit about trying to kill one person all over at the time. I mean... Uh, it was more about hunting. There is a lot of class structure, but it's not the same movie at it's all. It's very similar. I'm uh, not what, the only person
0: to say this. Lots of people out there are saying this, okay?
1: Yeah, there, they're, 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 there is a lot of similarity, but like that's a disservice to Knives Out, which is a very good movie, I say, where... Ready or not fucking sucked. Anyway, uh, to answer the question I was trying to answer. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) Chris asked why is there uh, a throw nut. Because there's a ton of props there, and he's a very eccentric guy,
0: and so there's a bunch of eccentric stuff, and it does come into play at the end. I mean, look, here's what I will say, is I think the movie has a lot of, like... Okay. So it's like, it's one of these movies where its goal is to be fun. So anything that you have a criticism of it, where it's like, why is that? Or this doesn't make sense. Or like, this doesn't seem to be connected to anything else. It's just like, whoa, well, it's fun, you know? So it's, it's almost like it's try it's immune from criticism. And so on that level, I, I realize it's futile, everything I'm about to say, like, it is fun, quote unquote. But like, so much of the movie I just felt was like, it's cool that there's a throne of knives. Okay. But like, for no reason there's no reason we ever hear that there is a throne of knives it's not like they even say like they could, it would be so easy to say something like his famous book the knife chair you know they don't ever do anything like that it's just completely unmotivated it's just there right and it's like yeah it does come into play later on but there's no there's no setup there's no explanation it's just like there all right okay I mean fine. if you're looking
1: for stuff to like that I mean you're just there's so much to pay attention to this movie that like they give you what you want to give you like it's purposely confusing for it's reason it wants but to confuse this is you.
0: Thing. I don't think it is confusing. It, I, I kept waiting for there to be additional twists. And there weren't, it was all, it was, they basically tell you the solution to the mystery about 20 minutes into the movie. And then there is, there is one more twist, but like not at all at the level I was expecting. Like, yeah, I, it's easy to parse out. be more to it. And your, there wasn't
1: your you know? armchair quarterbacking it the whole way. You're like, Oh wait, I know what this is going on. I could pay attention to this. And it like throws you for a loop. I gave it uh, a roller coaster structure, man. Crank, uh, crank, 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 crank. You're going up. It gives you a bunch of information. He gives you, let's just meets the characters Uh, Which it's always mystery movies are so hard. You have to balance so many characters. You have to you're writing them away. You have to keep them interested about things, and you know cranks it up. uh, And then yeah, a huge drop. He basically tells you everything that happens. He gives this thing away. That's a crazy ass structure, and that's like within 20 minutes in the in the movie, and you're just like plummeting down. And then he just speeds up when he needs to. Gives you a loop. Like yeah, you don't even know if the um a a character is introduced. It's Daniel Craig. He's amazing in it. Uh, you don't even know how competent he is the whole time. Why?
0: Why? Why does he have that accent, Caleb? Like Daniel Craig is doing this very broad Southern accent when everyone everyone else in the movie is speaking with their real voices. Why? 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 Mm -hmm. Why? 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 Uh, Because it's fun. This is what I'm saying. You can't anything. Any. Why can't can't you have? Why would you question things that are
1: fun? Uh. Why, I don't think it's, why do it's, they, it seems
0: ridiculous to me. It seems
1: ridiculous. Why did Darth Vader have to uh, do anything that made him cool? I don't know. It's you're allowed to like take liberties when
0: look, there's an internal a, logic to called, Darth Vader, please. Okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know what you're saying. And, and I, and like I'm saying, I realize that it's futile to engage in this kind of criticism, but it's just like, it took me out of the movie in a certain way and it made it less fun for me. You know, I wish so much just to pay attention
1: to in this movie himself, you know, uh, a thing we I, lo- I loved about this movie, me and Chris t- mentioned before, is the uh, in the production design, which again we really liked. Uh, they put uh, a lot of characters wear glasses, so mm-hmm. they uh, created around the lens to not reflect the glasses, but to reflect the c- the cameras dressed up as what the room would be like, so that would reflect in their glasses. That's yeah. an amazing little like, detail. Like they put
0: these things over the lights that look like a window so that if you see the reflection of the lights, it looks like the reflection from a window, which is like, yeah, great. It's very smart and fun.
1: And I love that it like tells you like, that's a crazy structure. I've never seen a movie, like a mystery movie. I could be wrong because I haven't watched a lot of mystery movies, but just blatantly tell you everything to do it. Yeah, and I mean, then it's whole fun is that it obfuscates everything, It just like blurs it all, uh, through the use of humor, through the uh, a lot of uh, just misdirection, uh, and there's a lot of, like, social commentary as the— uh, there's only one—there's uh, two people of color in this whole movie. One is just a, a Lakeith Stanfield, who's a detective. But then the main character, I would say, is Anna yeah, Armas. Ana Armas, uh, yeah, right.
0: Who nominated for Golden Globe. You know, this movie has three Golden Globe nominations, her, Daniel Craig, and it's nominated for Best Comedy.
1: Yeah, it's a very fun movie. Uh, and there's a lot of scenery chewing, uh, which is— so fucking wonderful, a, m- a movie like this needs.
0: It's but- This discussion is so hard for me because there's things I really want to say about the way the mystery is laid out. But, and let me see if I can navigate this. Basically, it seems to me like the movie is setting something up that never happens. Like, I feel, and it, it doesn't seem to me like misdirection. It seems to me like multiple draft disease where like maybe at some point this thing did happen and then it doesn't like,
1: I think it sets up what happens and then they show you what happens. And then the rest of the movie is more of a commentary about, uh, like how they treat this, uh, this, uh, character, this right? uh, immigrant child of immigrant oh, maid they have. Uh, and it's about her navigating through, uh, not only their class system, but also, uh, trying to look out for herself. Uh, there's a media aspect to it. Uh, and then the the, the the Daniel Craig heat, I think, is just so good. And I love that he had that accent because it's fucking ridiculous. And they also call it's themselves ridiculous. out yeah. on it. They even A character even calls him Foghorn Leghorn in, in the middle of the movie. Yeah,
0: but that's like not even... It...
1: It's a twisted web.
0: We are not finished untangling it,
1: not yet. What is this? CSI KFC?
0: I don't know. I didn't find that to be funny or charming when he calls him Foghorn Leghorn because it's like... Yeah, that is like literally what he sounds like, you know, and it's a fake accent. So like, yeah, so what, there, it's
1: very, I just let you know that they're being very self-aware for it. And he gets to deliver some weird ass speeches yeah, in but this movie like, too. Being
0: self-aware is such a crutch because it's like, you could have a really, you could write a really bad line and have another character in the scene go like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. But that doesn't, It you're still a bad line. You're just like you're calling it out it's like just take a second to write a good line and then don't have a character make fun of it you know i
1: think it was funny and then, then that, that wasn't really a crutch i think because they again moved so far well if anything it was too self-aware in the sense that it loved being a mystery which Here. it really did it,
0: so here's what here's i mean okay i can't believe you didn't like this but we'll defend didn't like it i didn't ready
1: like or not which is one of the dumbest movies i think I've ready ever or seen. not is better than this movie this is the
0: worst i think <laughs> ryan johnson gets like a lot of leeway because, because he's a very uh planned out director he does a lot of because he's a very he seems like a very cool guy he's got good politics he's seems like very nice to work with he's lots of friends in hollywood and people who don't like him are like literally the worst people in the world so he gets a lot of goodwill and i i don't know that it's earned yo 100 i don't earned. know that it's 100 earned. Earned. i really don't know 100
1: percent earned, earned. Brick is such a fucking movie, good I didn't movie. I not think this movie was very good. Uh, Brothers Bloom is very good. I don't good. think Brick is a good movie either. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that's just your taste. So this is a very thing.
0: I just don't think he's a very good director. Like, oh, I really don't. think he's don't. a great director. Like, um. so basically, I'm leaving a space here because if we decide to cut it out, we can. What they, the movie spends a lot of time doing is it's talking about how one character is like the best at Go, which is like this Japanese master game of strategy. And this character is supposed to be better than everyone else in the world at Go. And it's a little unlikely, right? And, and they, they talk about this multiple times, about how this character is the best at Go, all right? So to me, what that's signaling is that this person has some kind of master strategy like why are you saying, it's like saying like this person is the strongest person in the world over and over again, and then you never show them lift anything because this character ends up not having any strategy at all.
1: We're gonna they- cut this. Who who wait, who is this? Yeah, the Darma's character. They don't say she's the best in the world.
0: Well, they say that she beats the Harlan at go and Harlan tells Chris Evans that like she's the only person that could beat me at go or that could beat me at go more than you. So the the idea is out of everyone in the movie, she has the most strategic intelligence. But then she doesn't do anything strategic the entire movie. She just like is reacting. Yeah, she's in a state of
1: panic the entire well, time. Well,
0: yeah, but the, so what I was waiting for was some kind of turn where Anna de Armis's character, it would turn out, had been manipulating events in some way and had been like somehow oh, I wouldn't have liked that movie. pushing something to happen. Because they even have a scene where Harlan, the Harlan character, says to her, Oh, I'm so happy to have finally done this to my family because just like you told me, this is true. And just like you told me, this is true. And that's while they're playing Go, and I'm thinking, okay, they're setting up that, like, she has been subtly influencing him to do different things to his family, and at the same time, they're telling you she's a master of strategy, and then something happens, think... and you're like, okay, so it's gonna turn out that she has somehow been behind all of this.
1: No, I think they were just setting that up to worry more. She's a pure character. She can... uh
0: just but you don't win, you don't win level. go by having a pure heart. That's not like that's no, nonsensical. Just,
1: you know. I didn't say she wouldn't go because she had pure. Heart. I'm saying like her whole, her whole thing is that she's a pure character. She's not trying to like be a to stri-
0: not set her up other than this one detail that but you keep pointing But they bring this out. up over and over again. They, they show her playing Go several the times. they two characters that they, do. In the climax, Chris Evans is saying yeah. like, oh, he always was telling me you're the only person that could beat him at Go more than me. And I was like, why did he bring that up? But then it, it has nothing to do with anything. Because
1: she beats him in it. It's more like a but metaphorical thing. She doesn't beat
0: thing. him at all. She, it just he, happens. You know, she doesn't beat him at all. He's
1: the one who gets, He's the one who does care about that. So if anything, it's that much like you right now, he cares about this trivial detail that does not matter.
0: don't <laughs> don't think that's it at all what I, what I think is there was a draft of the script where she had had been doing this and they changed it and I they didn't at all. they tried it, they had to know? keep that
1: character pure for the whole uh the arc of her winning the house But or... this to me is so
0: uninteresting because like it would be so much more interesting and i think give more that's... credit to like women and to immigrants to have it be like instead of her being helplessly pushed around by events to have be her just be helplessly in control pushed around. of things and to be like you know the, what's happening is be, is happening because she wanted it to happen and because she's been like it's almost, it almost be like Beatrice at the, at the Beatrice at dinner. It's like all these fucking rich white people who don't see her and she's been like orchestrating this gigantic thing to get her ultimate revenge on everyone. And it seems like that is what the movie is set up to show. And then at the last second, that's not what happens. I don't think
1: that happens at all. Not the last second. Because they, they don't... They, they Again, they keep her pure. They keep her very simple. They keep her reacting to things. Which I think is not interesting. I don't oh, think that's Oh, I thought it that was interesting. very interesting. They, uh, it's very interesting. They... Uh... They do a lot of MacGuffin stuff. There's even a car chase that they say that was a very pointless car chase. That's very fun for me.
0: But then again, I think I think it's just a crutch to build a to build a segment in your film, and then to have somebody go like, "Well, there was no point to that." It's like, "Well, just make it have a point. <laughs> just make it have a point." What? Why you does know? why does things have to have point? Sometimes the point is that there is no yeah, point. Why does something have to? Have, I mean, come on. All right, fine. So the point yes, could be fine. no point. If the point could a, be like, okay, let's. If, uh, if it was a Godard movie, fine. But it's not. It's a piece of popcorn entertainment starring a bunch of really famous movie stars, like. Just have the plot be structured in such a way that things make sense. No, it doesn't
1: have to make sense. I mean, a lot of it does make sense. This is what I'm saying. It's a mystery that uh, uh, obstricates. It's a word I looked up today. It means to blur everything. Uh, It leads you one way, and it shows you something else the other way. Uh, and except I would say it tells you the solution to the mystery
0: 20 minutes into yeah, the movie and but then nothing else happens complicated it, so it's hundred, not, it's not the solution. Anything. it completely though. tells you it's, what happens it's not
1: the solution though it tells you 80% of the solution uh, then that last 20% right, there's a
0: very small additional twist later on in the movie it's not small
1: it's, it completely changes the whole thing it changes from uh, a little bit uh, her being uh, the guilty party to her being the innocent party, so that's but a guilty very in
0: quotes guilty in quotes.
1: She's not guilty at all, though.
0: Right, she's not guilty at
1: all. But even you but know... the that the tw- the initial twist is that she is guilty, and then it's not guilty at all. So that's a oh, very one eighty degrees. It's a mistake. She's not. Yeah, guilty and that, and the way quote. that leads there is a very fun uh, expository ride that we get to
0: go on. I just feel like it's like one of these things where it's like. Like, yeah okay it's just fun quote unquote but it's like I don't think it's well structured and I don't think it's, it's crazy well well structured I, I think it's think very it's, well written I don't think so at all I thought it was like some of the parts of it were real cringy to me like they have, like that Foghorn Linkhorn thing I when Chris Evans says that I'm like it's, oh my god like this is just you that's, know. okay that's four seconds that's like, sitcom, of that's a like sitcom, two hour writing it's like sitcom writing what is this CSI KFC
1: sitcoms are good though <laughs>
0: I mean, it's just like I look. I've been so excited. so. You're complacent about this
1: movie, but it was. It didn't reach your expectations, is what it sounds. I've been like. very excited to see this movie. So for you're months. bringing
0: expectations
1: to a movie again. That's a death knell no oh for a movie. God.
0: I mean, you know, yes, I expected it to be good. So I, yeah, I guess what I was disappointed good? it wasn't good. Yeah. What is good? I mean, that's the the question we're answering every two weeks on this show, Caleb. You know. Yeah, man. Um, I guess I just, I, I was desperately wanting to have fun and have it be a fun ride. And I was a little disappointed. I think you it's
1: a, a very smart fun ride.
0: All right, fine, fine dog.
1: Um, uh, Tony Collette, absolutely wonderful in this movie. I thought she was the funniest. She's been in a long time. Michael Shannon going against right. type I mean, a little bit great. here. He's great. He plays he's a little great. wimp character. Uh, it's very, very fucking fun. Uh, like I said, I'd love Daniel Craig. I loved Anna de Armas, uh, Ana de Armas, uh, She's the straight man in this movie. Uh, and p- straight man performances as this uh, are not usually this nuanced. Uh, and her being the only uh, non-white character aids in that regard as well. Uh, we didn't talk about motherfucking superstar Edie Patterson's in this movie. Oh, yeah. But she has uh,
0: nothing to do. She has, yeah.
1: She was uh, probably just like, oh, wait. We have a, a, I mean, she's a role great. here it's who's hot right her. now that I want to work with. Okay, cool. It's You'll great to see in.
0: her in the movie. I was very excited to see her. But she has literally nothing to do. Uh,
1: she has like two i don't know one pivotal role that's important to the plot
0: i don't know let's say half of her screen time is her sitting in a chair not saying anything she smokes
1: pot in this movie man um frank oz is in this movie
0: who is frank oz in the movie
1: uh he's uh the Trembley's estate he reads the will oh okay cool i didn't know that was frank oz he's younger than i would have expected second time he's working with uh ryan johnson the first being yoda
0: well of course sure yeah Uh, of
1: course yeah uh Mm. Walsh is in this movie. Uh, that motherfucking kid from It is an We've asshole. Got in this movie, an amazing cast, you know. Yeah, they're all like get to uh, chew some scenery.
0: It's like it seems like a really fun movie to make, you know. Yeah, it's very. I fun. wish it had it been fun as fun, fun to watch. watch as it was to make. You know, yeah, your opinion. I love this movie. All right, that's great, dude. I know lots of people love it. It's uh, lots of people love it, but I just, I just was like mourning the movie. This could have been with like I don't know a few couples with of
1: your expectations of it. I mean Fine. that's why you gotta I mean, go and make a movie, Chris. Look, I
0: have a movie podcast, you know. Like, yes, do I have opinions on how movies should be like? Yes, I have a movie podcast. You gotta go. Yes. You gotta go make your own. Uh, I write about movies movie. and TV. Like, yes, you know, like, yes, I have opinions, and I just, I don't know. It just was like it left me a little cold. You know, it left me a little cold. I mm-hmm. wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was on the ride. kettle was just giving me the world's biggest death stare. Well, I thought you were gonna keep going. No, no, like, that's it. That's you're it. You're on
1: the ride because you're not on the ride because it's bad writing. And it's bad writing yeah, like cause
0: bad writing. I wouldn't say it's bad you writing. You said it was bad writing. Well, okay, fine. I was a little worked up. Um, I just, you know, I just, I didn't feel like I was on the roller coaster. Like you're saying where it's like going up and down. I felt just kind of like, okay. You know, I just felt kind of like, okay. I will say you know?
1: that, um, the guy who sat behind me when I saw this, uh, was a joke repeater and that really annoyed me. Oh, so it was that. a bad movie going experience.
0: Um, you got anything else you want to say about this movie, friend? Uh, bu- bu-
1: bu- 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 uh I would. There's a lot of parallels uh, with this, and the next movie we're going to talk about, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, uh, big cast, all star cast, Who Done It? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the yeah, I guess also I'll talk about it at the end, but yeah, we're, we'll just talk about Murder on the Orient Express, right, another movie that exists.
0: Murder on the Orient Express. It is a professional, interesting crime. Agatha Christie's brilliant Belgian detective. Oh, Belgians! I always thought you were French. Albert Finney is Detective Hercule Poirot. This is no ordinary mystery. Can't touch nothing. This is Agatha Christie's most perfect crime. Murder on the Orient Express.
1: Post-1973 Serpico and pre-Dog Day Afternoon and Network, 75 and 76 respectively, Sidney Lumet gave us an adaptation of Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orient Express. These four films I just mentioned combined for 24 total Oscar nominations, six wins, uh, with Murder on the Orient Express counting for a quarter of those uh, nominations and one of the wins. All cool. Way to go, Sydney. Um, having a <laughs> reputation as an actor's director, LaMette helped assemble an all-star cast for Murder on the Orient Express, including Sean Connery, Vanessa Redgrave, Jacqueline Bassett, Norman Bates, Anthony Perkins, sure. and an I Am Here to Act Albert Finney. And in an Academy Award-winning performance, the legendary Ingrid Bergman.
0: Amazing, amazing.
1: As a straightforward mystery, Murder on the Orient Express relies on big swaths of information, which means dialogue, which means actors. Uh, Lumet balances the cast with help from cinematography from uh, Jeffrey Unsworth, who shot 2001 in Space Odyssey and Cabaret, and one of the greatest editors of all time, Anne V. Coates. Uh, 60-year, over 60-year career, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, out of sight, uh, I re- I read that she did Fifty Shades of Grey, so now I have to go watch it. <laughs> um, all of whom the, the, we worked together to uh, deepen Agatha Christie's sense of intrigue, parse out her labyrinth of deception, and pay respects to one of the all-time great cinematic mustaches. Oh my um, god! Yes, a throwback. Who done it? Even for its time, Murder on the Orient Express is a movie made to keep you guessing, but its real pleasures li- lie in the craft. Very similar to Knives Out. Crease, what do you think?
0: Uh, so I started watching this movie. I'm into watching old, weird movies on uh, Amazon Prime. So I, before we even decided to do it for the show, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch this. This seems fun. Um, and like you're saying, it is a huge cast. Lauren Bacall, Ingrid Bergman, Jacqueline Bissett, Jean-Pierre Cassell. Like, absolute all-star cast. Sean Connery, John Gielgud, Wendy Hiller, Anthony Perkins, Vanessa Redgrave, Rachel Roberts, Richard Widmark, Michael York, And there's so many famous people in it that not even... Everyone doesn't even really get that much to do, necessarily. Like, you know, Michael York from uh, Logan's Run is also in it. He actually kind of has a bigger part than a lot of... His part is, like, bigger than Sean Connery's part, which is, like, very weird. weird. But it's... Yeah, it is. It's, like, a fun, old-school mystery movie. I will say, I think the beginning of the movie, the way it's structured, because it, it kind of... It's basically the story is born off of a kind of a riff on the Lindbergh baby kidnapping... So they, they tell you the story of this fictionalized Lindbergh baby kidnapping in uh, these kind of like vignettes and just uh, newspapers, newspaper like, clippings. They,
1: they don't spin at you just like you see
0: them. There's no dialogue. Yeah. And it's very like impressionistic, you know, it's very like artistic, but also very like 70s big budget movie, which is to say, like, not that great. You know, it's a little strange. They rely
1: a lot on font.
0: Yeah. I found that part a little off putting. I mean, there is a whole like fucking book to be written on the, the fascination with the 1930s and 40s by 70s filmmakers like they literally could not get enough of that shit and that one was a little weird to put me off a little bit but once you get into the movie's body I feel like it's like about great. half hour in yeah yeah I mean like uh, Albert Finney as H- Hercule Poirot is like amazing he's like r- I mean talk about Pooh. chewing the scenery I mean he's I mean I said I think I said this to you over email like there's a great scene where he's wearing a mustache protector to go to oh, bed Lord and yes. it's like this incredible like leather contraption that he has strapped under his face there's just a lot of like they show him putting it on they yeah, show him putting it on he he wears like opera gloves to bed Um, motion first then um, opera gloves. motion first then opera gloves there's a lot of like sitting inside of you know wood paneled uh, train compartments a lot of like you know intrigue and mystery and it's also very like Knives Out in that we basically get head on interviews with each of the Mm -hmm. suspects you know that make up a huge chunk of the movie with each of them like kind of lying about what's going on and what their relation to the murder victim is and you know how they were where they were at the time and, you know, and then it all builds up to this amazing denouement where, like, her, you know, Albert Finney is screaming in this French accent about uh, what he thinks really happened with the murder. Oh, that's, that's
1: an all-time scene. That's so good. It's so good. It's yeah.
0: amazing, amazingly done. And and then you also see in flashback the actual murder happening in this insane ritualistic style that's so nuts. Um, you know, it was like very interesting to watch, and I was happy to have seen it. You know, it's a bit dated seeming, I would say, and you know, it's it it's also like Knives Out to me, and that it, what it seemed like it was, it was like very talented director doing something for a bit of fun. You know, with a huge cast of all star people that want a chance to work with him, and you know, just basically like making a bit of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Um, where Knives Out was more relying on jokes to go forward, or just uh to be funny. Like we didn't even talk about the funniest thing in knives out, which is, uh, she can't lie. So she pukes. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's also a way to write around, uh, a lie detector thing, but, yeah. um, it's a very big comedy. What knives out is, uh, I would say, uh, murder on the Orient express succeeds in the sense that it's a comedy without trying to be a comedy. Yeah. There's it's uh, not it doing takes that itself at all. Yeah. Right. Seriously as a thriller, it, uh, it puts the mystery of it all very upfront. Um, uh, there's a lot of establishing shots of a train. Uh, oh and like God. for a very funny movie, there's a lot of just good looking train shots. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. I mean, there's because the, the conceit is they're stuck in a snowdrift. And yeah. that's why they're having to investigate. Well, even before
1: when the train first gets going, it's just like, show the whole train. Show from it's above. It's so weird. <laughs> it's
0: so weird. Like, for whom? It's a good like five Here they come. Clickety clack down the track. It's lots and lots of trains. For
1: whom are People these who train People to have porn sex shots? with trains.
0: Here they come.
1: Yeah right exactly. Uh, it never lets it slip that it wants to be a comedy comedy too because it respects uh, that its core being is a mystery. But like knives out, this is purposely overacted. Yeah. And again, especially Albert Finney. I mean, he yeah. Fucking, the funny
0: parts are Albert Finney going like he what? received an
1: Academy Award from this movie, which That's is great. So wild. Uh, he's all beady eyed uh, and a uh, scuttle button around. He's like darts from train car to train car or uh, for cabin to cabin, like a little Kermit crab <laughs> looking for stuff. Uh,
0: obfuscation dissemination yeah. and
1: uh, i'll bring up that ending again for the invasion hercule, hercule pro uh it's kind of an amazing just cinematic experience uh the whole last 20 minutes of the movie because that's how long it takes to unpack everything yes yeah it is uh, the
0: full last 20 minutes murder of the movie.
1: happens uh he interviews everybody uh that's most of the, that's your meat and potatoes of the movie and then he sits everyone down and just says the movie
0: and yeah, by by the final interview with the last character he's like I know the solution, yeah. and then he cut so He's like, "Assemble everyone in the dining car, and I will tell them it's, the it's, murder." It's, it's
1: kind of just amazing, just because, like, okay, you spent all this time with it, you've seen all these clues, you know he knows more than you, but you're just to sit down and just he unpacks everything, and so does the cast. So it's like all these fucking legendary actors sitting there quietly for twenty minutes. Oh my God, <laughs> right? Yeah, just so. as like he just explains everything, and he gets to just make a meal out of that whole oh fucking my God, show. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. We now come to my own
0: reconstruction of the night of the
1: murder. It's bizarrely masterful. Uh, it's surreally intriguing. Uh,
0: and it's claustrophobic in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, it, it's trapped inside this train. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, and that's part of why I think there are these train shots. Is it's it's just Sidney Lumet trying to be like. Okay this is still a fucking movie like yeah. we have to have some motion something <laughs> has to be happening outside of the walls of this train because it's like a hall it's basically like a whole it's movie takes place of in impressive a hallway you know how much the camera
1: does move for how uh, claustrophobic it is even if it's just like going from overhead down to a face it's just like oh that's i don't know just yeah, like just, and
0: there's like during the the interviews and stuff, we keep cutting to like a snowplow coming towards the train mm-hmm. to free the train. And it's kind of like, it's like our ticking clock. And it's also like a kind of a metaphor for the truth coming. Mm-hmm. And it's also an excuse to fucking show you something outside the train. You know, Like, uh,
1: I wrote this about murder on their experience, but it does apply to both movies. Uh, I mentioned it a little bit before a uh, balance of the cast. You have to introduce the characters. Uh, and there's like 12 characters here and then keep the characters alive throughout while you unravel a very complicated plot, and in in this case, it's all set on a train. That is a very hard thing to do. Yeah, Sydney Lamette nails it. Yeah, uh, he even like lets us be. Shows you what information you need to know, and even if he he'll show it a little bit and not explain it until the very end, you really have to pay attention, and that's probably the biggest drawback for this movie <laughs> is that you have to pay attention so much. Oh my god, you uh, really do. I really do. And it's also uh, my, my biggest qualm with it is in paying attention. Like their accents are so sometimes so hard to parse uh, out that you
0: I, can almost not understand. Yeah, Albert Finney. Sometimes. Uh,
1: he's Belgian. Uh, there's a Russian character. There's Hungarian characters or Swedish characters. All Italians. People, yeah, all yeah. doing accents. So it's just like.
0: And, Lower like, the extremely world. It's thick accents. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it can be very hard to understand what people are talking about sometimes. Agatha Christie was a fan of this adaptation. Uh,
1: she never really liked adaptations of her things, but she did have one complaint, and I was very surprised when I read this. Caleb, uh, do tell. Quote, I wrote that he had the finest mustache in England, and he didn't in the film. I thought that a pity. Why shouldn't he? <laughs>
0: He had a great mustache. What I was know. Wrong I with really like that. Much. It was it like twitched, fucking nuts. It like moved you know? with him a little bit too. I don't know.
1: I guess she had. She
0: had really high expectations I mean, for idea. a mustache. I mean, you're just like saying what you're saying to me. Like her idea of what a fine mustache is yeah. is different. You know than like.
1: I'm gonna read every single Agatha <laughs> Christie novel just to get her ideal what a mustache is.
0: She's really described it in prob- detail. Yeah, she probably that, does. You know, right? I've
1: never re- actually read this book.
0: No, I've actually never read any Attica Christie, but I did see Mousetrap in London, which is like the play that's been running for a hundred years or whatever. Oh. And I've seen this. Do and, you think
1: you know, um, Benoit Blanc, uh, which is the character of Daniel Craig plays in Knives Out, is a little bit homageousness to Hercule Poirot?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, there is, so if you want to like take a step back, like there are so many similarities between these two movies, like yeah, Crazy, yeah. on a production level, right. It's all stars with a famous director having fun. Who done it. Who done it. It's a, you know, a, very a, Agatha Christie type, a care, a, a character with a, a detective with a funny accent unraveling the mystery. Everybody, you know, interviews with all the suspects. It ends with a big, everybody gathered in the mm-hmm. drawing room to, you know, learn the secret of the mystery. I mean, it is it is very, very much like this movie. Or, you know, just an Agatha Christie play in general, an Agatha Christie book, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Of course, there's a long tradition of, like, detectives with some kind of weird thing about them. I mean, that's basically the whole thing of every detective oh, yeah, in Man. every book, you know. It's <laughs> <Yes>, exactly <laughs> Duckman. Yeah, I, this summer I read, like, a million Raymond Chandler books. So, like, Philip Marlowe, oh, you know. Caleb Carr, who has my same first name. Detective Morse, you know, from mm. uh, all the fucking, all those TV shows and The books. Great Mouse Detective from the Disney Plus. The Great Mouse Plus. Detective. I went, is that on Disney Plus? It uh, must be. I don't know, actually. I really loved that as a kid. Yeah. I mean, Sherlock Holmes, you know? Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's an homage to all of those things. Definitely.
1: Cool. Uh, anything else you want to say about this movie? I got? No, that's
0: it's pretty much it, dog. I mean, I, it's like, it is what it is. It's it's an Agatha Christie adaptation. Yeah. You know what
1: I mean? You might want to look this up as I talk, but the movie poster for this movie is whew, so fucking good. It's, really? Uh, it's from Richard uh, Amsell, who is... Most famous for doing all the uh, Indiana Jones movie posters, which are so fucking good. Uh, He also did the one for the Sting, blah blah blah. But it is uh, all the characters divided by a a white knife, where the handle is a train. It's so classic. Hand drawn. It's so So fucking good poster. Uh, he's worth looking up just to go. Oh my God, uh, this is beautiful by Richard Anzil. So nineteen seventies. Yeah, this is
0: what I'm saying though. So much of the seventies aesthetic was like a thirties aesthetic, and there is a real overlap you're seeing in this poster also. Mm-hmm. Um, he also did
1: the poster for The Dark Crystal, which is also a very cool poster.
0: Tweet, 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 tweet posters. Um, so Caleb, let's say you were going to be th- elaborately murdered if you didn't pick one of these movies as your actually best choice. Not
1: elaborately. Yeah,
0: elaborate. and then like people have to investigate it. All your friends and family have to get questioned, and then there's lots of like do, 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 twists do, do. and turns. Uh, yeah.
1: I would. I kept going back and forth with this. I'm still going back and forth as I talk. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's Murder on the Morning Express is set in a train. Uh. It kind of helps it in the sense that, uh, it's impressive that it's filmed in this one location, and it's kind of like claustrophobic, and you bounce back and forth, but also like. He could do that on a little bit more of the cheaper because the main yeah, right. special effects were this cast in this movie. Where <laughs> uh, Ryan Johnson just puts a lot of like craft and effort and just a lot of fun things to do in this movie. And it's very 2019. Uh, he put, put some social commentary in there too, yeah, which he didn't yeah, really yeah. need to do. Uh, and that just makes it seem like a little bit more of a bigger leap to take. But I think I want to go in my heart of hearts to murder on the Orient Express. Do you really? Interesting. In, in my heart, but it's, it's close, but I would go murder on the Orient I mean, Express. this but is both... going to be
0: a, a shocker to everyone after me screaming about how much which <laughs> no. I hate it. I'm definitely going to pick Knives Out. I just, I found this movie hard. I found That's, murder... i so shocked right now. I found murder on the Orient Express hard to watch for some reason. I found it's, it hard to watch,
1: it's, 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 it's a t- tough watch, but like, I don't know, once I started laughing at it,
0: yeah, I mean, I and I think Knives Out is like a lot more fun, and I think it's a lot easier to consume. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I know that I was like l- argued with you for half an hour about how much I hated it, um, but I didn't. I didn't hate it. I was just disappointed in it. You know, I was just disappointed because I wanted it to be better. Yeah, don't bring what your feelings it, to a movie. I think what it is is fun. You know, I would definitely like if you're sitting around with the fam and you're debating what to go see this Christmas. Like Knives Out would be a great. Yeah, option. it's a
1: great one. Uh, yeah, you could. Uh, Work in a backdoor conversation about immigration and Trump with uh, yeah them. exactly. Uh, also, they uh, they can make themselves seem smart by uh, pointing at things and saying, "Well, I thought this." It's a exactly. Good movie to talk yeah, And you, yeah. you
0: can go argue about what you thought was going to happen. It's a good movie yeah. to
1: see with uh, with people, loved ones, and people you have to consider loved ones <laughs> through through bl- through blood. People and you have law no marriages. choice but to love. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd pick Knives Out. Um, <laughs> yes. Surprisingly to Caleb, he is honestly having like a physical reaction to me saying this. Uh, anyway, that's the show this weekend, Cowboys. That um, is the show this weekend, Thanks cowboys. so much for uh, moseying down to our little corral and uh, watching the old roundup. Watch
1: out for the man-eating jackrabbit yeah it's fucked up you don't
0: want to see somebody get eaten by a jackrabbit it's Hacks gruesome because they don't have dick. the teeth for it but he has the will if you know what I'm saying he has the jaw strength Will Rogers he has the yeah he ate Will Rogers it was terrifying Will Rogers all the Rogers all the Rogers yeah all, he was the roasters like all of them yeah exactly uh, anyway that's it goodbye goodnight good boy. good boy love you